I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert, and my pronouns are also he and him. And, and this, this is Grizzly Kiki. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? (laughs) Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to WarbyPorkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) Warby Porker? That's a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them them that link one more time. Oh, sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm I'm wonderful. Uh, yeah. I'm having a great time. Me today. too. I actually have something <laughs> to say this week. You do. I do. What um is that what you wanna start the episode off with or I just feel very citrusy. Oh. Yes. I just had um right as right before taping people, I had a homemade uh, keto lemon bar. Oh my god, I had the same thing. Oh my god. Who made them? I think you made them. Um, you could have put this in our keto corner. You yeah, but we have right? something else. Like keto corner today, guys, is a house. Like it's the keto house because we have played with so many recipes this weekend. Um, it's almost like we're preparing to for, to like w- well share some yeah. keto stuff with yeah people. I'm that's so um, strange. Hmm. But I have really been <laughs> like I like baking, and so doing keto kind of I felt has limited. You know what I can make and stuff. So anyway, I just made these wonderful um, lemon bars, um, which I will. I think we'll share the link. I don't know yet. I want to try and make them again. But they were tart and sweet and perfect. So just put me in a good mood. Yeah, That's what I've been up to. <laughs> they're really, they're really good. They, um, they taste like, uh, like there's a lemon custard sitting on mm-hmm. top of a vanilla sugar cookie. Yeah, that's really, Very it's yummy. amazing. Um, I'm I am very excited about all of the experimenting we've been doing with uh, different keto recipes, um, and I'm even more excited for Thanksgiving because last year we brought a bunch of keto recipes or a bunch of keto desserts to Thanksgiving, and I didn't really like them all. So um, I thought I thought more they were more unsuccessful. It was Christmas. Oh, it was Christmas. I think, You're right because right, we I'm were like, here for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Never mind. But yeah, the the Christmas recipes were not so hot. 
I will like yeah. agree with you. Um, you know what's interesting? One of um, one of uh, like Regina's nephews kids can't have sugar for mm-hmm. whatever I don't remember what the reason is it just he reacts and it's not even like um you know how like don't give kids sugar because they get all like crazy or whatever yeah he like actually gets like sick from it yeah if he has too much sugar so it's yeah like, so yeah that's like an extra incentive to me because I think it's really nice that you know here's this kid who probably goes to like birthday parties and and uh, all of these events as a child mm-hmm. and can't eat any of the dessert and then meanwhile like he has us who are keeping sugar out of their diets and he's and we're just like here have a you know have a cinnamon roll maybe we'll we'll bring cinnamon yeah. rolls for mm. some of the holidays yeah and he really went to town on those triple chocolate peppermint well, uh, biscotti we made three different desserts for christmas and when i told him they didn't have any sugar in them his eyes lit up mm-hmm. and he was just like can i have another one yeah. and i was like wow you have not had dessert ever i mm-hmm. guess because you think these are amazing <laughs> i mean the biscotti were good the i feel like we made cookies and then we made something else but i don't remember the drizzle on the biscotti was not great oh we made those um they were like little uh like cookie balls like walnut cookies, oh, like walnut oh, sugar. They were the the they were like uh, Mexican wedding cakes. Sure, they were like a keto version of that recipe. Yeah, those those came out a little odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not this year. No, we won't be making those this year. Although I feel like we were using the wrong sugar. But anyway, more. I mean, I think I think we've learned so much in the past like year and change that you know things things will be better. Yes. Yeah. Oh, we have a we'll have a fun keto announcement for uh, for our listeners next week. Yeah, um, yeah. So the reason I'm in such a good mood is um, there's a couple of reasons that I'm in a good mood, but the one in particular. Um, so we have been entering the lottery for Moulin Rouge um, on Broadway for what months now? Yeah, and it's the summer. Yeah, and Moulin Rouge is one of my favorite movies. It was, you know, like I remember going to see it in the theaters and being excited to see it again mm-hmm. when we were leaving the theater. And um, and so when they announced that it was coming to Broadway, I was like, oh my god, we have to go see this. I don't care what it costs. Thinking that it would be a show that was like moderately successful, not the like blockbuster the, yeah, that it's it is. Become a hit. Yeah. Um, so there's like no, there are no discount tickets or anything. And so for, for, you know, people who are, you know, not willing to shell out mm-hmm. like $400 yeah. or I think they start at like a little over a hundred. Yeah. They're, they're very, yeah. the nosebleeds are very expensive. Um, we would, we just kept entering the lottery and we also, we even discussed cause my birthday's coming up. We discussed going to see it for my birthday and I was like, yeah, I don't really want to spend like a ton of money on it. Mm-hmm. I would rather us see it through the lottery. Well, Friday I won the lottery yeah, and it was just like I wanted to do cartwheels and Mm -hmm. I was home I was working from home on Friday and when I got that text message I was like oh my god oh my god like (laughs) I didn't know how to react and I was like oh my god I'm I'm here by myself (laughs) Um, so I basically couldn't concentrate for the rest of the day Mm. Uh, and so um, we went to see it last night and which this will have been the Saturday before you're listening to this yeah and um we did um, so to get like super well for people who don't know what I'm talking about when I'm when I say the lottery, um, there are a lot of shows on Broadway and I believe in other parts of the 
uh, of the of the world that do a um, they they have a contest that you enter for each performance of their show, and if you win that, you get to buy reduced rate tickets. And for a lot of them, the tickets are in the front row, or you know, like even like the very the last row. I remember when I won the tickets for Hairspray, um, you know, a million years ago, that they were the back row of the theater. Um, oh wow! But for Moulin Rouge, they because of the the because the set is so intricate, what they did was they removed seats from the theater and then added ones in spots where you basically you're missing quite a bit of the action mm-hmm. um, of the show, and so those are the seats that are uh, are being essentially like raffled off through the lottery. Um, along with can can seats, which fingers crossed that um, I know that we get those, and, and that's seats. where you are basically like in the set. Yeah, like you are the the seats are arranged around like like this like they have like kind of like a it's segmented a, runway. It's a of. pit. There's yeah. a there's a catwalk, and then inside the catwalk is a pit. Yeah, so that's where you're sitting if you win the the can can tickets. Just stare so, at Karen Oliva all night. That's you know. and cry. Yeah, because it almost happened. Yesterday. I mean, I, like. Anyway, I don't want to give I give away too much about the show, but like when she makes her entrance, I was like, "Oh my god, I love you so much." Um, so <laughs> and she did it all with an injured shoulder. Yeah, you noticed the injured injured shoulder. Yeah. I didn't even notice it. I was just like, oh, she had that so kinesthesiology tape, you uh-huh. know, to like support your muscles. I was like, "What is that?" I I thought it was a really like intricate bra strap or like you know like nude panel design on her costume. Um, but that's when she probably to, what I thought it but was. But when she turned to the other side, I was like, oh, I'm like, oh, I hope she didn't really hurt her so badly. See, and you were sitting, I sat on the aisle seat and you sat one seat in mm-hmm. and you saw a ton of things that I didn't because there was something that happened in like behind the stairs because if I looked directly in front of me, I saw stairs. And so if oh. something was happening behind those stairs, I missed it completely. And there was something you laughed at. And I was like, oh, I guess something's funny happening. Like fun- something funny oh. is happening. I could see like the like the feet of the people. So I knew like who it was. But, oh, OK. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we just uh, I had the best time. And amazing. and at a like right before the show started, Daniel looked at me and he's like, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong with you? What's happening? And I was like, nothing's wrong. I'm so excited for the show to start. And um, and I was like, I I sort of wish that I could see this entire stage right now, but I don't even care because I'm just excited to be here. I think I just generally don't see you so like excited and unburdened. And so I was just like, what? Like, are you OK? Even like so. The ushers are super aggressive at Moulin Rouge because one of the things that's interesting about this show versus other Broadway shows is you forget that you're in a theater. And so uh, you probably are wanting to take photos and, uh, you know, take out your phone, text during the show, all of this stuff. And so they're very aggressive about um, when you're walking in, they they tell you you can take photos until the pre-show starts. And then once the pre-show starts, you got to put everything away. So I appreciated that. But because we were essentially sitting, we were sitting next to uh, one of the like like, one of the wings, I guess. Yeah. Right. There was a lot of a lot of the actors were coming and going. Yeah. Oh, it was an active pathway. Oh, very active. But she was super aggressive because she looked at me and she was like, let's keep all our belongings and our legs inside of the row. And I was like, wow, you very aggressively looked at me and said that. <laughs> she, shaded, she shaded your long legs. 
And so I sort of picked up on it. They had three lights that were um, the f- three lights that were on the floor next to where we were sitting. And whenever they lit up, it basically meant that a- an actor was about to mm-hmm. walk past me. And so I would like stiffen up and move my legs and just make sure that I was really out of the way. Uh, because the first time that the actor who plays Harold Ziedler, the first time that he exited uh, on the side of the stage where we were sitting, he tapped the guy who was sitting in front of me because he had his legs crossed and his foot was sticking out. So Can I was imagine? like, uh, I, I, I kept thinking about it. I was like, someone's gonna trip and fall and it's going to be like Satine makes an exit on that side at like one point. One. And I was like, Oh my God, nobody breathes. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and they're also cargo. like, they're, they're like going so fast, yeah. you know, to get on and off the stage that it's like, you know, it almost felt like where we were sitting, like what they were going to run into us. Yeah. Like they weren't going to stop. Um, but yeah, you just gotta be courteous. I will say, um, limited view seats are usually not great, but I felt like I was sitting backstage. Mm hmm. Because I could see everything that was happening. And I was just like, I was loving every second of it. I didn't yeah. care that I could barely see the stage. I, I also like yeah. that they have things like, so where we were seated, we just, we faced like a fake bar. Yeah. And like, that's such a tiny detail. Like that could have just been an egress. Like it, it didn't need to be anything. Cause it wasn't even like, it was atmospheric. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. at best. But there was always something going on. So, like, they thought about that as well. You know, they're yeah. like, ooh, like, you know, you're still paying practically, you know, if you were to buy these tickets, like $100 for this seat in the middle of nowhere. But you can still, like, enjoy something of the show, you know, like, even uh, with a partial view. Our seats are $200. If you Where were, we to, were seated, if, they were $200. If you were to purchase them outside of the lottery, they're $200. Yeah. I'm glad we only paid $34 each for our <laughs> tickets. Yes. Um, yeah. So the show is amazing. Um, for fans of the movie, they added a whole bunch of, uh, of additional pop songs yeah. to further the story. Um, they're, but they're, the, don't go in there expecting the movie no. because it's not the movie. It's a completely different experience. Yeah. It's a, it's like, it's amazing. It's like it's like you said. It's not even near the movie. It is. It is a jukebox musical that's strung together with the songs. Like right. it's not. You're not going to get all of the kind of like super emotional stuff from you know that was in the movie. Although yeah. the two women behind us were crying, so they they were very like, very like vocal and emotional the whole show. Um, but it really was one of the most amazing shows i'd ever seen it was an experience Mm -hmm. it was an experience and i i cannot wait to see it again it was so much fun and um i love you karen olivo like you're a genius her voice made all those songs so much better yeah like (laughs) yeah just yeah like when she's like i'm like yeah you like how do you even pretend to die from consumption when you have a voice like that like it would just be pouring out of me all the time if I had a voice like that. Yeah, it's funny. Um, I mean, obviously, the the story is essentially the same from the movie. Like, the, the bones of the story are yeah. essentially the same. And there was a moment toward the end of the show where I remembered, oh, oh right, Satine dies at the end. Right. Okay. Right. I thought they were, anyway, I thought also, they were going totally, to bring her back to life. That's not a spoiler because it's a movie based on La Boheme. So if you know the story of La Boheme, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so... There's that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was a great experience. Um, and there were, uh, 
I don't know. There's just there's an atmosphere to the show that doesn't match the atmosphere at like another Broadway no, show. It's it's just like it reminded joyous me joyous and fun. It reminded me of Rock of Ages because at, uh, when you go see Rock of Ages, they make you feel like you're at a rock concert. We saw that, right? No, we did no. not see that. We together. saw American Idiot. We saw American That's Idiot together. Um, and there was still there was a like a distance that I feel like the actors in American Idiot mm-hmm. kept from the audience. But with Rock of Ages, they there was a whole pre-show where they try to amp you up and all that stuff, and so it was very similar to Moulin Rouge in that way. Um, but yeah, I. Um, I loved it. I can't wait to see it again. I hope it happens this week. Um, yeah. I go again and again and again. Yeah. Um, I'm also, I'm wondering what other shows, um, we should go see. I mean, we ran into Fifi Dubois when we were, <laughs> when yeah. we were leaving. Yeah. Um, and Princess Bitch. And, um, Fifi said that she had, uh, gone to see Beetlejuice not too long ago and that it was amazing. And then when I saw that it was at the Winter Garden, I was like, oh, that's a really big space. Yeah. I'm sure that they could do some massive stuff with like some of the visuals. Although having seen, um, that really, uh, that weird video of um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory that we saw last year, um, or two years ago, actually. Yeah. I um I don't have a lot of faith. Was it Charlie or was it Willy Wonka? It was probably it was Charlie. Wonka. No, it was Charlie and the Factory. Um, Ch- Chocolate Factory. I just don't have a lot of faith in uh, in Broadway. I mean, I feel like the, the financers of that show didn't have a lot of faith in it either, and they were right to do that. But um, – it was just, it was a really pared down production, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering what Beetlejuice is like. I should do some research. Oh, I just thought, I thought the writing was terrible. Oh. For Charlie. Like, honestly, I didn't mind, like, the sets or anything like that. It was more like, just, it was bad. Well, it's bad. Musicals in general, musicals that are an adaptation of something that already exists are typically, it's a watered down version because mm-hmm. it has to be simple on purpose. Yeah. You just have to, you have to get us, you have to do enough dialogue to get us to a song. Mm-hmm. And then repeat. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, I just, um, I have to do some research about Beetle- Beetlejuice, but I'm wondering if any of our listeners have seen anything fun on Broadway that they would recommend. Um, we have not seen anything because, as we have talked about in the past, we went to see Kinky Boots about two years ago and we had a horrible experience. And um, the show itself was incredible. Um, would not see it again. Not unless Billy Porter was in it again, because I don't want to see anybody else's Lola except for Billy Porter. Um, but I feel like that experience kept us away from Broadway for almost two years. Yeah. And this was the first time that I was so excited to see something that I was like, even if they tell us that, you know, we're too fat to sit in these seats, <gasps> I will sit in the parking lot. I don't give yeah. a shit. And this I want to see this. same theater. This was at the exact was, yeah. same theater. Yeah. But it was, was the, like the yeah. staff was so different. Mm-hmm. So di- like so different yeah. from you know when when we went there the last time so also also as a person who has a problem going to uh experiences in public like this because of the overuse of cell phones i really 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 appreciated how uh aggressive mm-hmm. the ushers were about the use of cell phones during the show so thank you to the usher who uh who was on the extreme right at the Al Hirschfeld Theater on uh, the Saturday before Halloween. So you did an excellent job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, should we take a break? Do you have something yeah. to add? Yeah, let's take a break. Um, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk some Halloween memories. So stick around. We'll be right back. 
Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back. And with Halloween being tomorrow, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, um, we decided that we wanted to share some, well, I wanted to talk about Halloween. And what I thought was really interesting is that uh, we had a conversation about it and I didn't realize how different Daniel's experience of Halloween growing up was from mine, given that I grew up in the suburbs and Daniel grew up in the city. So um, I thought that would just be an interesting way of framing Halloween because I feel like most people feel that Halloween is all about getting in costume, eating candy, going trick-or-treating, and maybe watching a scary movie when you get home from trick-or-treating. So we figured we would talk about that. Um, Let's start with costumes. Did you have a, fav- a favorite costume from your childhood? I did. Um, well, I was a clown when I was little, which is very funny, mm-hmm. actually, considering how scared I am of clowns. Or yep. was. I'm not really sure where I stand on clowns at the moment. You're scared of clowns. Um, but I <laughs> And I don't remember, but I saw a photo of myself and I looked really cute. Mm-hmm. So that was a good one. Um, well, wait a minute. Was it homemade? Store-bought? Yeah, yeah. My mom, my mom made our costumes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Did she use patterns? Probably. Okay. I mean, I was really young, so I don't. I just my mom. My mom made me a Fred Flintstone costume one year, and she bought a pattern that it was a it was a shared Fred Flintstone Barney Rubble pattern. Mm -hmm. And so, based on what pieces you, yeah, I mean, they shop at the same store. Exactly. So, um, (laughs) there was a little clown costume, and then I feel like for the rest of my well for a. Until, you know, I stopped trick-or-treating, which I don't remember when that was. But um, I was, like, a wizard or a vampire. And that was about it. And if I was a wizard, I had the hat and I had the wand and the cape and all that. Um, and I had it in a little, like, garment bag in the mm-hmm. closet, right? Because, like, we just used the same costume. Like, no biggie. Um, so and you then, had the wizard was a repeat? Yeah, the wizard was a repeat costume. for a while. I mean, so I, you know, the the reason this conversation is kind of strange is because I didn't realize, oh, and I was a vampire. So I would, that, and that was a little more involved because I would put on my suit and I would slick my hair back because I looked like Eddie Munster when I was little. So, yeah, and I had the, um, I remember having like a red ribbon with like the, that Byzantine cross on it, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and fangs, of course. So that was me. So I was basically like, dressed up the way my mom would like to send me to school most days and (laughs) you know with i think i think one year i had like white face paint or something um but yeah the thing is that like it was kind of just that on repeat and then then i just didn't anymore like it wasn't like halloween was never very big Mm. in my family um like we enjoyed it you know it was fun but I don't, I don't know. I think it's like having, you know, two working parents who have like a shit ton to do and like stuff like that. But like we would trick or treat around my grandmother's building, you know? Um, Did you have a favorite costume growing up? Was always a wizard or a vampire. So those are your favorites. Yeah. Because I liked um, when I was little. Oh, I, I don't know if I shared this story, but when I was little, there are videos of me where I am casting a spell on people and telling them to disappear. Um, 
so I would, you know, wish them away. Yeah. Did it work ever? No. Not even once? No, there was this one neighbor boy. I couldn't stand him. He's the one I'm always using the, you know, disappear on. Mm-hmm. Um, it never worked. Wow. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it just kind of stopped happening at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know, like Halloween was a thing, but yeah. it wasn't, you know, like a big thing. It's so interesting because I never remember, uh, at least until I graduated from high school, I don't remember there being a Halloween where I didn't dress up or I didn't go trick or treating. And, uh, I don't know. I just remember being sad about it the first year that I didn't dress. Uh, I don't think I dressed up my freshman year of college. And so that was kind of like the death of, my uh like traditional halloween based on what i did growing up um but um i did i had all kinds of costumes growing up my very first there's actually a a really cute photo of me um the very first uh the very first halloween that i ever celebrated which was almost an exact year from my birth uh (laughs) because my birthday is about a week from halloween um so they dressed me up as a a devil they found like a little devil onesie and a really tiny pitchfork and so there's a really cute there's a really cute your mom is holding you my grandmother is holding me (laughs) it's a really cute photo of my grandmother holding me a tiny pitchfork yeah um we're gonna try and share some photos of us in halloween costumes on social media i don't know if they'll be there because we still have to look for the photos but hopefully we find them dig dig in the albums so uh i have a really cute photo of me as a devil when i was uh, almost a year old i have another picture of um me dressed up as a pirate and my sister drew an eye patch on my face um, that was one of my favorites because there's a there's a really cute picture of me on Facebook holding our cat. Um, so uh, there's that. Um, my old favorite or my 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 favorite costume when I was little was my Jiminy Cricket costume that I wore into the ground and it came with a hat. And so basically when I was done wearing the costume, I'd fold it up and put it inside the hat and it would live in the um in the closet in my bedroom and the closet in my bedroom had a little bench inside so i just like put it on the bench and that was you know that was where it lived until next year when i would dress up again yeah i remember there was one year where i i had a growth spurt and i put it on and i was it looked like i was wearing shorts and a t-shirt no and um i still wore it that year but i was like next year we have to plan something else but jiminy cricket will happen again this year I sort of wish I'd kept that because I could have totally passed that on to someone. Our child? One of my <laughs> sister's kids. It is that that's a really really cute costume. Did you ever like wear your costumes when it wasn't Halloween? You know how like kids would like play dress up, I guess. I never played dress up, but because my birthday was so close to Halloween, there were a couple of years growing up where we had costume parties for my birthday. Oh. So, um, so yeah, Jiminy Cricket definitely went to that party. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure there was a year that I was Fred Flintstone at my birthday party. Um, so, yeah, but like the, the younger, and we'll talk more about birthdays next week, because next week will be my birthday. Haha. <laughs> um, but, um, we we just my my friends would come over for like a pizza party when I was really little, and then when I was old enough to be trusted to go to the movies, we would have pizza and then go to the movies. So that the um, the costume idea ended at a certain point, like probably around like ten or eleven. Um, so then after that, let's see. I I liked so Fred Flintstone was fine. The costume was completely made of felt, so it was hot and itchy. So that wasn't great. Um, I dressed up as Pugsley from the Adams family one year. That was very easy to do because I just had a like a striped 
shirt. You would make a great Pugsley. I can just picture it. I mean, I did make a great Pugsley. But as an adult. Because you've, you've never wanted to do the, like, I've wanted to do a... um. Like a couple's costume, like a really cheesy bad couple's costume for well, Halloween. If you dress up like Wednesday, I'll totally dress up like Pugsley. I'm fine with that. I could do that. All right. Let's do it. That's cute. I'll get that Wendy <laughs> wig from um from Amazon in black. I don't even have to style anything. I wonder if we can do it because we we talked about um so after we had the conversation where I realized that Daniel's experience with Halloween was completely different from mine, um, our our building sometimes hands out candy, and so mm-hmm. we talked about possibly handing out candy. So maybe we can dress up uh for for halloween i mean i have a costume that makes me look like your your aunt olga so Ooh. i was talking about you dressing up as wednesday and oh. me as pugsley i don't know if we can pull that together yeah. in a few days but, but I we'll can, see I, I can be your aunt <laughs> i don't think anybody's gonna get the reference but no i just that's just for us yeah yeah um <laughs> So then after that, there was, uh, I was a clown and that one was store-bought and it was the costume. I'm sure other people have worn this exact costume. It has a hula hoop in the center um, to give you like the, um, like the Frosty the Snowman sort of look. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an award-winning costume because oh. I won, I won the award at the Halloween parade at my school. You had a uh, Halloween parade at your... <sighs> we definitely did. They um and what's funny is that they made a bigger deal of Halloween when I was in Catholic school than when I got taken out and put in public school. So I don't well, think that's that. I don't think that's true of all schools, but I just I thought it was interesting that when I was in a uh, like a uh, religious school, they made a bigger deal of Halloween. Um, yeah, so they would just like create a, a parade and we would just walk around in a circle in the Where parking you lot. Won. And I won that year. Yeah, where's the trophy? I I'm sure there wasn't a trophy. Um what other what other costumes that I really enjoy? Um I you know it's funny I don't really remember aside from dressing like Ghostface in high school. I don't really remember many of my other costumes. I dressed up as Jajito one year and then the following year I dressed up as Ghostface and so I used the robe from my Jajito costume. Why Jajito? Because the I wanted to be a I I wanted a simple costume and they my family had a robe that I could wear like a judge's robe and so they were like here and then I put it on and they were like oh my god you look like Judge Ito I was like, like done okay done I don't know who that is but done Ooh. and as a child I didn't understand because I was probably like ten or eleven stop you were that young well when was the OJ case like that was the reference yeah. he was the judge in the OJ case. Um, I didn't know who he was. I just looked at I, someone showed I me a photo. Wish that there were a photo of I, you. I I'm gonna look. Listen, as many photos of me in Halloween costumes as I can find. That's what you're gonna get. That's adorable. Yeah, um, since I had a mediocre Halloween experience growing <laughs> up. That's that's what Robert is really trying to say. No, by different. It's that Daniel's Halloween sucked. No, I just. <sighs> I remember as okay so what what I have always assumed of you since all of the other holidays were like magnified I feel like and I do think that you had Halloween traditions of your own that were really cool oh, yes which will I just think that they're different from mine yeah whereas mm-hmm. like mine were all external your your mom did a really good oh, job yeah. of like should amplifying I, every should I talk about that holiday? Now or sure. should I wait? So um, yeah, the one thing that I remember when it's funny because I recall these memories of my mom, and I think it's because she passed away that I like they're like some of them are like turned off, so yeah. they come back in spurts. Is that while we we're having this conversation, I was like, oh, but wait, like so my mom created a 
for every like holiday there was like if there if there wasn't like a like a a figure to bring you something before you know like like the like the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy whatever mm-hmm. she would make one up. Okay. And so for Halloween it was the Great Halloween Pumpkin, which I think she got from the Charlie Brown and the Great Halloween Pumpkin. Um, I haven't watched it in a very long time, so I don't remember all of it. But um, our mom would prepare, uh, you know, like a what? What is, I even know a bucket, a pumpkin bucket. Yeah, right. A, the plastic pumpkin buckets. Yeah. Um, with candy and treats and all sorts of stuff, and wrap it with cellophane. Uh, you know, black and orange, of course, because Halloween. And um fill it with that little like uh, grass too it was it was just really like a whole big thing and we would wake up on halloween morning before school and there was you know our pumpkins and a present of some sort so yeah. which i think is not very common for a lot of people um nope. so my mom just wanted to turn everything into a big thing and it wasn't you know like so that we didn't want to go trick-or-treating it just was not like, you know, maybe like our building didn't really participate in it or, you know, anything like that. Or it was on an inconvenient day of the week. So I think that you know. I think that your mom probably thought of it from a realistic standpoint and understood that um, because you were going like you were being taken care of by your grandparents after school, mm-hmm. th- that you probably weren't going to go trick or treating. Yeah. And so she was like, well, let me let me think of something else. And she did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it I was, think that's cool. It was always a lot of fun, and we would watch like Halloween movies. Mm-hmm. You know, Hocus Pocus was a staple, obviously. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what we did, uh, like into my twenties. I mean, that sounds great. Yeah, my mother, my mother was really like extravagant when it came to to like the I guess the gift giving holidays. Like she just, you know, I mean, we didn't have decorations for those holidays, but you know, like Christmas and stuff. But there was also the Valentine's Day heart. Hmm. Who would bring us chocolates and a present? I mean, it was it was great, you know. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah, we had fun with it. Um, I'm convinced that because uh, I'm sure my parents probably didn't like me going trick or treating, but they had no say because they were at work until like I got out of school and would just immediately like probably already be in costume and trick or treat my way home from school. Oh, like the summer sounds so cute. I mean, it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun, but I will be honest. I was motivated by the candy. Like you, you put a fat kid in a predicament where he can get candy, and you you bet your ass I'm gonna you know mm-hmm. climb over hot coals I mean, for candy's it. Candy's amazing, right? Um, speaking of candy, what um what were your favorite when you did go trick or treating? Mm-hmm. What were the candies that you were like you would dig through Ooh, when you were done? Swedish for? fish, okay. Dum dums, okay. Lollipops. Um, so you were more like a t- like a like a tart sweet. I was a tart. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> not where I was headed at all. Yeah. Oh, you know I love sour gummy things. Yes. Like that's my that or or like really good chocolate. But mm-hmm. like you put any shitty sour candy in front of me and it will be gone. And see the way you feel about sour candy is how I feel about chocolate. Because yeah. you talk about there being shitty chocolate, and I was like, there's only one kind of chocolate, and it's chocolate. Well, that's for not me. true. For <laughs> I know because I've tried with you. Um, you're a cheap Valentine's Day date, though, because I, sure I just get you the Russell Stover sampler, and you're happy. Oh my god, I love the Russell. Stover Whereas, sampler. like in my house, if we if that came in my house, my mother would be like, uh, mm. no, because like we got boxes of like 
Godiva chocolate on Valentine's Day and stuff. We but, should challenge ourselves to try and turn the Russell Stover, Stover's uh, sampler into a keto thing. <sighs> we have we have until Valentine's we Day. We do. I just the idea of candy making scares me. But um, we're headed in that direction. You know we are. I know. <laughs> Next, we're going to be weaving our own sheets. Um, I look forward to it. <laughs> but um, anyway, yes, like sour candies. Um, there was one year. I think, yeah, where either the Sour Patch Kids were individually wrapped or they were, they weren't the, because most people would give you just like the regular, you know, like uh, the bag, the little bag, right? Yeah. But one year it was either that they were individually wrapped or they were like wrapped in cellophane where there was like 10 per bag. And that really pissed me off because I was just like, really? Wow. Like that or like old timey candies like cowtails. Have you ever had those? It's like caramel with a little milky center thing those are pretty good or rollos i want to say i never had a rollo um but the cowtail sounds familiar i'm pretty sure that i got one i tried it and i was like this is questionable at best it's a weird it's a strange taste but there's something about it i like um oh on occasion i'd get snow caps snow caps are great i love snow caps chocolate nonpareils yeah and raisinets I love yeah. Raisinets. When I worked at the movies, those were my two favorites because I feel like we had extra. Mm-hmm. Since people didn't really like snow caps or junior mint, like junior mints were another one because they they also settled my stomach. They're amazing. They were great. Um, and so when I worked at the movies, those were the um, junior mints, raisinets, and uh, and snow caps were the mm-hmm. ones that would go missing regularly yeah. whenever oh. they would do. I was a person who did inventory, and so I would just like write down <laughs> like a number that had less than Mm -hmm. whatever we had and I would take the rest home with me. Um, So that was fun. My, the, the candy that I I always went looking for, it was like the big chocolate, like varieties, Mm. like the Reese's, your Reese's peanut butter cups, uh, Snickers bars and, um, and anything that was like, uh, um, like a, like a Hershey's chocolate bar, whether it was a Mr. Good bar or a Kit Kat or like anything very standard like that. I would have a Baby Ruth if it was available to me, but I was not a big fan of Three Musketeers or um, the Mars Mars bars. Were those the the weird like Snicker lookalike that it had like a weird like marshmallow? Right? Don't Mars bars have like a marshmallow layer? Uh, I think like I'm, a... I'm not thinking of the right thing then because it's not that Mars bars Midnight or was it Snickers Midnight? Those were great in the black and purple packaging because mm. it was like dark chocolate. You could always get me with dark chocolate. Yeah, no, not that. So like anything like that or M&M's, M&M's of any variety were always a good time. Those were always the first to go. Like um, any, any of the good candy was usually gone the mm-hmm. first night. And then maybe like the next day I was left with things like nerds and um, oh my God, what are the other, all of the lollipops that people gave out? I really hated lollipops unless they were the, um, I like them as an adult, relax. Uh, The, um, the Starburst lollipops. Those were good. Oh, those are like the expensive ones. Yeah. Yeah. Those Those didn't come because you need the people who were like spending money on their candy. And then there were the people who would like like i called them the safety pops they were like the lollipops that look like a ring because they were made for like toddlers did you ever see those the ring pops no it wasn't a ring pop it was a lollipop on the like the little the stick mm-hmm. but the stick was was like turned into a loop i've yeah. never heard of that they were little like so that you know kids wouldn't like like 
choke them, yeah poke themselves or something but those were the ones that were super cheap and you just pick them up and there was like a like um like, like a bag of condom yeah exactly <laughs> so the, i mean those are fun though i really like those i, I hated a tootsie pop oh yeah those weren't great i would eat them or gum gum pops i did pops i didn't mind the tootsie rolls when they were um I liked it when people had the Tootsie Rolls that were different flavors, like the strawberry. Um, they were like strawberry ones. And then I want to think, I want to say they were like maybe marshmallow or vanilla ones. So there was like a pink one and a white one, basically. I didn't know that existed. Occasionally people would have them. Um, Tootsie and then, Rolls were good. Yeah. And then there was always the dreaded Charleston Chew, which it was mm. always one old man somewhere near my house who that's what they, that's what he was giving out. And I was like, okay, I guess. You didn't like the Charleston Chew? No. They hurt my teeth. See, that's how I am with candy corn. And it really, what? I hated candy corn. I up. always wanted to like it. Like I, I really did because it's really cute to me. They look more like candy flames, but anyway. Right. Um, I I actually really like the flavor of um candy corn and this like it the smell like it's very um triggering in terms of like oh this is a hollow like this is a Halloween like it's the only candy that is specifically Halloween right and so like I always wanted to be able to eat them but as soon as I would eat one it would just make my whole jaw hurt mm. no- nothing else does that except those candies I bit them so I would eat each color. Uh, separately so i would bite mm-hmm. through and make sure i like would not mix those colors at all yeah i uh, did that once to see them. if there were different flavors yeah and were... i convinced myself that they were yeah they're not no um i'm trying to think of what other candies were like stuff that if i found it in my in my trick-or-treating bag that i was like oh you were just like bye oh i never threw out candy I waited until I was desperate and didn't have any of the good stuff left and ate it then. Oh. I bro. never threw out. I mean, Halloween candy in my possession didn't last more than a week. Whereas uh, my coworker was, I was talking to my coworker last week and she was saying how they still have Halloween candy from last year. And I was like, how? How do you still have Halloween candy from last year? How? Who are these children who are not finishing their Halloween candy? So um, I just, it makes me angry when I hear about that. And then my boss chimed in and he was saying how um his you know when his daughter was little uh that she would basically just like trick-or-treat in in the in the building they lived in and she would clean up and have candy until like march Mm -hmm. i was like how do you keep it until march how do you keep it until the end of the month some kids ration i we used to have valentine's day candy for like months i i don't know how How? i don't know well my mother would always get us like the most ridiculous like solid hershey's kiss have you ever tried to eat one of those huge Hershey's Kiss, like they last forever. And that's when you really tell that Hershey's chocolate has kind of gone like down the toilet because they got really gross at one point. Um, but yeah, it'd be that or, or a solid bunny, like all those things. They just take forever to eat. Oh, whenever I got uh, like a bunny for Easter, I took it as a personal challenge to finish it that day. I was like, when she started buying us like the hollow chocolate, I was very happy. Oh, yeah. That's... I loved it. It was great. I didn't know that anything else existed because that's all I ever mm-hmm. got. Because the, the ears and the feet were all that was solid. Mm-hmm. The rest was completely hollow. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's, I think that's pretty much it. Well, did you have, and I don't know if this was a thing for you, but there were houses where you were like, we have to go to this person's house because he gives out 
full chocolate, like a full bar, oh. as opposed to little fun size things. There were people who only gave out money. Okay. And we made sure we went there first. Okay. In my grandmother's building. Yeah. That's Absolutely. cute. There was a Pentecostal woman who, who I don't think celebrated Halloween, but she would put up like a pumpkin on her door and she would give you dollar bills. I like that. I mean, she would give me a dollar bill every time I saw her. Mm-hmm. So I also would compliment her on her hair because it was just always kept in like a little, uh, like a net, mm-hmm. you know, just beautifully done. Um, yeah. So she, like the people who would give out money, my grandmother would be like, we're going there first. <laughs> I don't remember. I know that there were. Um, I remember in in college that there were people who. Um, so there's a community that you can see um, if you're like you're standing in the quad at Purchase College and you just look out toward the gym. You can see uh, like a, a gated community that's like off in the distance. We used to call it Tim Burtonville because it looks like the. Um, well, it looks like the housing, like the the communities that a lot of his movies would take place in, specifically the one mm-hmm. from Edward Scissorhands. Oh, I understand. So we would call it Tim Burtonville. Um, and I know that there were a lot of people that I went to school with freshman year who would go to Tim Burtonville to go trick-or-treating. And they were like, they gave out the most expensive um, candy and just like big quantities. Mm. So, um, but I never... I don't ever remember being like, we have to go to that house because I was just a persistent child. And so if there was a house and the lights were on, I was getting whatever free candy they were giving Mm. out. I didn't care. Um, But I do remember, now that I think about it as an adult, I remember there being, there was someone who was just giving out money and they just had a giant pumpkin head full of change. And so you just grab whatever you could and throw that in your bag and move on. But it was change, like mostly pennies. Hey. I mean... I was not into, I was like, I have an allowance, so we're not here for mm-hmm. any of this money or these apples. Like, I remember someone was giving out apples at one house, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to pass. Um, I also remember that person letting us into their house a little bit with, like, the apples arranged on a table mm-hmm. and being like, pick your apple. And I was like, something's wrong here. How do you want to die today? Exactly. And so me and my friends kind of looked at each other. I think one of them picked up an apple and we left. Um, and Did the apple. No. Oh. oh, no. The apple was more like a like a thing that we would throw at some point at someone. Oh, okay. That brings me to my next thing. So cabbage night. I said this to you the other day and you looked at me like I was yeah, crazy. What the fuck is that? So cabbage night is today. Right. So if you're listening to this episode, yeah, if you're listening to this episode, the day it comes out, you are listening to it on Cabbage Night. Um, And what Cabbage Night is, it's like a mischief night. Some people call it mischief night. Um, It's basically where you um, you would basically go and teepee someone's house or you'd put shaving cream on their um, on the side view mirrors of their car so they don't find out until they. Oh, that stuff didn't happen on Halloween. I always thought that happened. on No, it was Halloween Eve. Wow, that's it was all Halloween Eve. And I just remember not liking, like Mischief Night had a really bad, or Cabbage Night had a really bad um, reputation in my house because we would always get the shaving cream. Like if you parked your car on the street, you were like, you were a target. You, We knew that on Cabbage Night, you put the car in the driveway. Sounds like the purge. A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Although I don't think there were there were like rumors that if you lived. So I lived in one town and then there was a town like directly next door. And 
there were there were rumors that if you tried to drive down their main street on cabbage night after dark that you would be met with like a an angry mob of people who would like want to kick the shit out of you never tested that theory never did it i'm sure it does not exist this in but i never tested it no it was i i grew up in teaneck and bogota was the town the Bog- next town over Goda. so if you tried to go down i want to say it was main street um main street was a hilly street so you had to go up a hill and then you'd come down the hill the the mob would be waiting you'd get to the top of the hill and the mob would be waiting for you at that's the one hell of an urban thing. legend yeah never tested it out so not into that wow. um but yeah i i mentioned cabbage night to you and you didn't know what i was talking about so maybe mm. they don't maybe they don't celebrate in in the city i would imagine that it would be a little bit more um I mean, I find the concept of it, I find to be violent. And Mm -hmm. I imagine that doing it in a city like New York, it wouldn't go over so well. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, Yeah. What would you say is your most memorable Halloween moment? It's actually a college moment, which is for a class. So I had to go out on Halloween when you're uh, for school. Uh-huh. When I was in college, I took a, a seminar on uh, religious communities of New York. So we spent the semester studying different ethnic religious communities in New York. Right. And so on Halloween, um, I, and I don't, yeah, I don't think, well, we were all, we were all under students in a seminar class. So pff, none of us had Halloween plans, let's be honest. <laughs> um, so uh, the professor was like, so there's this thing I want to do on Halloween. If you're all into it, we can do it. Fine. So we went to a, I don't remember the exact name of it, but it was a Mexican cultural center on like 14th, between 8th, 7th and 8th, something like that. And they were doing a Day of the Dead, um, like a day long, like celebration, workshops, things like that about Day of the Dead. Um, So that was our assignment. So we actually went as a class and Um, we went as a class and we got to go inside this like townhouse that they'd converted mm-hmm. and each, uh, f- each floor had like a different theme. So there was, um, you know, one floor where the entire thing had this huge table running down the middle from front to back and it was just piled high with like, you know, sugar skulls and different you know trappings of the day of the dead uh the cup paperwork the altars candles things like that and people explaining you know the the history behind this and so that that's how it was um kind of you know modern through you know through long long ago or you know from current current day going backwards exactly thank you got it um so that was really cool and then it culminated in this performance outside by people in traditional dress in this like circle and it was amazing. And what I thought was very interesting was that you kind of saw two worlds colliding in that moment. And so, you know, you have these people performing with the ring of, uh, you know, students and other onlookers around them. And then people just like filing past us in, you know, like Party City costumes. Right. Mm-hmm. So going to the Halloween parade. So it was very interesting. Um, and I still remember that because like we're watching the celebration and then this couple walks past me in deviled egg costumes <laughs> and it was just to this day that is like my favorite halloween costume that i've ever seen because mm-hmm. they were just eggs with pitchforks tails and horns <laughs> and i just thought that that was terribly clever to me hmm. it still just like makes me giggle yeah so yeah that's actually my most memorable halloween as like geeky as it is i guess but um i just i like that juxtaposition i have three 
Um, my first was in college. I threw, I decided, my parents were on vacation around Halloween. And so I decided to throw my own costume party at my house. And I played Elvira, Mistress of the Dark in the background on silent. And we just, you know, danced and drank. And, um, I think there was like a, like we taught our friends how to Vogue at some point. Um, not voguing like the kind that is done correctly by people in the ballroom community. Mind you, we were talking about like, you know, Madonna's Vogue. Because uh, I think um, I think one of my friends was getting ready to to, to perform Vogue at the um, at the drag competition that was coming up at my school. Um, so that was really that was a really fun memory. Um, I also I so I had this really crappy Party City costume um, of uh, like a pimp. And um, what's I mean, problematic, yes. Uh, but what's significant about the costume is that it's a very deep V. Um, and so you're supposed to wear a chest wig. But I figured I have chest hair, let me just wear it. But I have kind of like a measly amount of chest hair compared to the photo that is on the packaging. And so I thought I could get away with like my chest hair and you know, like all of my chest acne and all that stuff. Um, so I just I was being like ribbed by my friends the whole night about how I like, I'm like, Oh, I have all of my um, I have all of my uh, what do they call that? Um, all of my hamburger meat out, but it's I like very, sp- very sparse. Eighty-five <laughs> percent lean. Yeah. Uh. Um. So there was that. There was the year that we went to Suzanne Barsh's party at PS One, and I dressed up like Divine. Oh my god, I forgot about that. That Ooh, was that a, was a good Halloween. That was a very big deal to me because Divine was my hero, and I never thought that I would. Um, that I would actually be able to accomplish dressing up like her. And, you know, my makeup wasn't great. There will, there will be photos on social media, obviously. People liked it. My makeup wasn't great, but I was a celebrity at that. Uh, I've, or at least I felt like I was a celebrity at that, um, at that party. And so it was a really good time. That was an amazing night. And then um, I'm forgetting what the third one. I had a third one, and I'm forgetting what it was. Um, but yeah, I just, I really, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed how everyone wanted to stop and take photos with me at this party. And there was another divine there, but she was like even more like amateurish in comparison. Um, and so I liked that people were saying that I was like the prettier divine mm-hmm. and you know, all that stuff. So that I really, great. I that really, really fun. enjoyed that. Yeah, that was a good time. I mean, I also I one of the one of the other times I really I really appreciated was I really enjoyed. Um, we went over to when David was still living with his parents. We went over to our friend David Ayon's oh, uh, house yeah. and we watched scary movies mm-hmm. on Halloween. Um, so that was really fun. And you know, I I, I gen I generally enjoy uh, experiences where we just get to get together with uh, with our friends mm-hmm. and have fun. You know, and in, and have like a spooky feeling. You know, spooky, kooky, ooky. Yeah. Um, so I guess I don't remember what my third one was, and I don't want to make you sit here and wait for me to <laughs> think of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Halloween. <laughs> um, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Quip, an innovative oral care brand that makes it easier than ever to maintain a healthy brushing routine. The simple secret to great oral health is good technique, consistent brushing, and regular upkeep. Do away with the myth that more power and features means a better clean by trying out their beautifully designed electric toothbrushes. They also take the guesswork out of replacing your toothbrush by delivering a new head and fresh batteries to you every three months. 
Shipping is free and you can cancel at any time. We use Quip and it's made us smile more because our teeth are actually clean. Quip is offering you, our listeners, $10 off your first refill by signing up at tryquip.com slash kiki. Again, that's tryquip.com slash kiki. Quip, oral care designed for a modern lifestyle. We're back. And and we have a listener question to start off. Well, a listener email, rather, to yes. start off the segment. Um, <clears throat> so we heard again from our listener, Lynn. Yes. And Lynn writes, hello, lovelies. Uh, just been listening to your episode where you ch- chat about UK drag race. Glad to hear you enjoy. However, a lot of us hate it over here, to be honest. It's just <clears throat> rehashing the same boring British cliches. Tees, crumpets, the queen, yawn. It is also very, very English. Other areas of the UK are not generally represented, and the challenges are very English as well. This is essentially the equivalent of having only one, only having queens from one state, i.e. New York. Uh, this is really toned deaf from the producers who must know what we are going through over here with Brexit and the fact that a Scots did not vote to leave Europe, but, be, but are being forced to. And the prize uh, is being an unpaid WoW slave? Why not allow the contestants to pick a charity that the prize money goes to? This is how Strictly Come Dancing operates, which is also on the BBC. It would have been great PR for WoW, and imagine what <clears throat> what the underfunded and at-risk LGBT plus communities that could have done uh, could have done with the money. It seems to us <clears throat> that it's made to amuse an American audience rather than a British one. We are not watching any more episodes because we just get mad. Hope you two are both loving life, enjoying the new jobs, and rocking the new hair. Love to you both, Lynn. Oh, Lynn. Thank you, Lynn. I am rocking the new hair. Thank you. No, <laughs> she looks good. <laughs> Wouldn't you love it if that's all I came away with from that email? Um, I mean, I so I had suspicions that I I felt like the episodes of Drag Race were being tailored for American audiences and hearing this from Lynn confirms it. Um, Not that we need to spend more time shitting on Drag Race or or World of Wonder, because Lord knows we're going to have more time to do that when season 12 premieres and then whatever that weird celebrity thing they're doing. And there's probably going to be a Christmas special. Who fucking knows? Um, But uh lynn makes a bunch of great points yeah you know it is it is interesting because i feel like for a lot of people the uk is england and then more specifically london you know well let's be let's be clear i think for most people the uk most people outside of the uk it's england but it's also mary poppins mm-hmm. and downton abbey so the the dowager oh, countess yeah. those are the two mm-hmm. things you think of when you think yeah. of like as an outsider mm-hmm. i'm saying but ireland is also part of it and i mean you know like it's not on the same uh landmass but you know like ireland's also part of the uk and so is scotland scotland is essentially like Canada to England they are like border to border but they are very separate countries in terms of their their culture and traditions and things like that right and I think it's interesting that there's not a Scottish queen on uh drag yeah, race isn't to be Panty honest with you. Bliss from or is she Irish I, I think she's from Scotland. But anyway, there are there are girls that would represent mm-hmm. Scotland with pride. I mean, M- Morgan McMichael's did it on All Stars. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, it's I'm I'm so interested cuz I feel like I sort of feel like there's maybe more to this and I would love to hear more of what Lynn thinks. It makes me happy that now <laughs> that there is drag race somewhere else, right? Yes. That the right. comments are very similar, everybody, uh-huh. to what we have said in the past about 
our drag race. Right, 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 right. I mean, <laughs> obviously, it's because, you know, it's being probably produced by the same, you know, same exact team. So Americans, right? So yeah. they're, you know, tailoring, you know, you know, making it for consumption by Americans, which is stupid because it's airing in the UK first. But anyway, um, but that brings me great joy, Lynn, that you are being critical of drag race. Because yes. the thing is that it is, you know, representation is important. And mm-hmm. especially in a country where, you know like a a small majority of the people voted for for brexit Mm -hmm. you know it wasn't everybody from everywhere that the uk you know encompasses they're all now essentially being ripped away from you know the 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 eu without having you know cast their vote because scotland didn't right vote for brexit but because they're attached to the damn landmass, they're part of the landmass. They got to go with them, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, I do. I do appreciate hearing that criticism. Yeah, it's quite nice. Same. Mm-hmm. With that being said, it's time for our one-minute drag race reviews, and I have the timer queued up this time. Okay. So let's get started. Uh, so Drag Race UK season one episode three. Um, they had to create a show-stopping outfit uh, outfit from um, like a. What the hell do you call it? Oh my god! Like, Why are garage you giving, sale, garage you're, sale stuff. You're giving, uh, you're giving I know, so much detail. I know. We're supposed to quickly I know, say I'm what going we fast. thought. I'm going so fast. there's a shout out to to Midsummer at the beginning of the episode with mm-hmm. the Maypole thing. That was fun. <laughs> um, I didn't think uh, Something Wong's outfit was that bad. I actually thought it was cool that she was able to take apart something mm-hmm. and then essentially put put it back together with different absolutely. Uh, fabric. Um, vinegar strokes went home. It made sense in terms of you know. I'm going to miss her. The lip sync. I'm going to miss her quite a bit. And this is a repeat drag race or a lip sync song because Mm -hmm. uh, Jade and Rebecca Glasscock lip sync to it in season one of Drag Race. Um, Episode four is Snatch Game. We're not doing episode four yet. We're still on episode three. Why aren't you paying attention? I thought we were doing a minute for everything. Sorry. No. It's about to run. Like, you're. why are you doing this to me? Okay. Episode four. Go. All right. So episode four is Snatch Game, um, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, Baga and the Vivian were amazing. Um, pretty much everyone except for, I would say, Crystal um, and uh, uh, Sum. Yeah. Crystal Sum and Davina were all terrible. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was great. Yeah. Um, then the runway theme was Weird Science, which I really enjoyed because I like the idea of a genetically modified drag queen. And I thought across the board, they were all pretty amazing except for Baga. Yeah. Baga's was a like a super, just like a, you know generic sums was pretty bad too let's not forget about her sums was bad i enjoyed the makeup i i enjoyed the concept like she tried concept um it was face off yeah um i also i enjoyed the fact that there were uh i guess a couple of like nerds in the house because there was a lot of um like plants like plants growing Mm -hmm. out of their bodies and stuff that was cool yeah um yeah and um it was it was it was very interesting seeing Crystal lip sync because I'm I'm convinced and I have not I have not put it together yet but I'm convinced that Crystal lives in Brooklyn and I can't think <laughs> of who she looks like I, I'm trying really really hard to think in it's drag someone, or out of drag out of drag okay um, it's someone who performs as a drag queen in Brooklyn but I can't put my finger on who it is hmm. and it's driving me nuts so if you know who I'm talking about please reach out yeah. Um, all right, let's do, let's launch right into Dracula. Go. So episode eight, they had to take um, Halloween costume archetypes and 
you know, basically make it drag. Stop explaining the episode and talk about your opinions. Um, I thought I thought it was really good. (laughs) I thought I thought most of the looks were amazing. Uh, Landon blew it out of the water with the werewolf and awakened things in me that were. Yeah. Yeah. That was just that was amazing. It was I mean, I'm it's been like a week since we saw the episode, so I can't remember much more. But yes, yes. Landon all day, every day. Hello, daddy. Please. Um And, you know, the like the bottom three. Yeah, sure. I'm going to say I'm dis- I'm a little disappointed. I understand why Dolly is in the top three, but I'm disappointed that Louisiana did not take her place. I know. A little disappointed really by sad. that. And I think Louisiana only got eliminated because she picked the wrong thing. Yeah, she, she, she picked up pick the pumpkin. She picked up the, the pumpkin, yeah. yeah. Um, but I loved her, you know, her Audrey costume in the haunted house. Yeah. But yeah. That was great. Let's move on to episode... Oh, the reunion. Yeah. The reunion was kind of meh. Yeah, it was kind of meh. I, I mean, I um, I I feel like there's not a lot to talk about at the reunion because a lot kind of gets dealt with well, on the a, show, I Well, there was a lot of shade being thrown Dahlia's way. I oh, enjoyed, that was good. I enjoyed that Dahlia's in the middle of like, oh, I'm the only person who can get in my way. And uh, Maxi Glamour's like, and Landon. Because clearly Landon's mm-hmm. going to win. Uh, and then they go around the room and talk about who they want to win, and no one says Dahlia's name. You know, I mean, I I think that has something to do with her personality. I I have I have felt like she has had a really prickly personality from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just the fact that like Landon is providing us with absolute excellence week after week after yep. week. It's the fact that Dahlia has this like this attitude that just is like it's off-putting. not even defensive. It's offensive. Like she's right. on the offense all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so who are you rooting for? Oh, Landon. Oh, okay. Landon or Priscilla. I, I would. I mean, Landon yeah. is going to win. L- yeah. Like if Landon doesn't win, there's something wrong. But, right. you know, and Priscilla you obviously will, will know you, the listeners will know who won by now because yeah. the episodes usually come out. They're supposed to come out on Tuesdays, but Amazon has been who giving knows? us to them a day early because, mm-hmm. you know, daylight savings time or whatever. Yep. Um, let's get into I'm so excited. I'm so So first up is the series Two Sentence Horror Stories on Netflix, which we binge-watched this week. Um, it's 10, you know, maybe 20-minute episodes that are uh, encapsulated by a beginning sentence and an end sentence. And, and that's how every episode starts out. Um, it's a I, lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's intense. I, like, I will say that it is one of the more intense kind of, I guess, anthologies or something like that that we've seen um there yeah was... you were pretty adamant so we watched three episodes in a row and after the third one you were very adamant like okay we need to stop and watch something funny uh, it's just this is too much something it was it, it you know it was like a haunting and it yeah. was it was just the the ghost freaked me the fuck out yeah and it wasn't even like the worst you know like scariest you ghost don't have stuff. to explain it i'm just saying but... to the, for the listeners that it was so scary that you had to pause in the middle of it Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, it's return. very rare that that happens. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. Especially but that, for you. But that really, like, I guess I enjoy, like, scary movies more than I thought. But that, that was too much. Yeah. I don't know why, but it was a lot. I will say uh, a very big trigger warning for uh, for everyone. There is an overwhelming amount of violence against women in this series. Uh, and I think 
that I, at least my hypothesis after having researched the show a little bit afterwards is that most of the content, most if not all of the content that is created for this show is created by women. Yes. And so um, I think what's happening here is that the women are putting themselves in a situation where they are in peril so mm-hmm. that they can triumphantly enact this kind of like um, bizarre and yet satisfying revenge on their male yeah, tormentors. There sure are some twists. Yeah. And and I think you're right. It's putting women in, in these kind of, uh, you know, stereotypical situations where women would, you know, typically be at risk and, yeah. you know, be saved by somebody. But they end up saving themselves. It just the the first episode is a very to me is a, is a very realistic situation. And um, and it just it, it made me uncomfortable to see that it was constantly women being mm-hmm. Uh, being tormented throughout the series so i just figured before someone who doesn't like someone who goes in blind is like oh why did they recommend this to me this is like Mm -hmm. this is violent i'm seeing like violence that i could actually experience yeah um i i just wanted to that the first episode and the second episode to me were Mm -hmm. more uh were more impactful not impactful but like they left an impact on me than the third episode I think mostly because they they seemed more realistic. Yeah. So, um, but yes, very spooky. For some reason, the last two episodes aren't on Netflix. I don't know what they're. Why the last three? Because the it was two. No, it was it's uh, eight, nine, and ten are one episode altogether. Oh, yeah. I thought it was just like nine and ten because mm-hmm. I only remember there being two things. No, there are three. They're very short because the last um, like the the finale is only about forty five minutes long. Right. So, um, so. Uh, the thing I'm so excited about is, uh, so I have been watching a show on Netflix called Rhythm and Flow, and um, and it's uh, it's basically a reality show where uh, people compete to be uh, to essentially be the next great rapper, and they're being mentored by um, by a bunch of different greats in the industry, and the three judges are Ti, Cardi B, and Chance the Rapper. Um, and while I have I have my issues with the structure of the show because I sort of feel like um, hip hop is sort of one of those places where there's room for everyone in a way, and I don't feel like um, aside from like sales, I don't feel like there's much in in the way of like competing um, outside of like if you're you know if you're uh, going against someone in a cipher, there's really like there's really not much in in the way of like competing uh, when you're putting out music. Mm-hmm. I feel like music is is even more um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? It's even more um, like digested quickly than it has ever been yeah. in this, you know, in the modern age where everything is digital. So I don't, I feel like there is no need for as much competition as they're putting people through. Um, but that being said, one of the contestants is named Ray Khalil. She is phenomenal. And she has an entire album that she put out before she was a contestant on the show. That is amazing. Um, the album is called girlfriend. And oddly enough, my favorite song on the album is also girlfriend. So, um, check her out. She's amazing. And, um, and I just wanted to say one other thing, because, uh, this is not something I'm excited about, but it just, it's something that really bothered me. So when they did the auditions in New York, Cardi had Jada Kiss and Fat Joe come help her make her decision. And at the very beginning of the auditions, Fat Joe makes a speech basically saying, I don't care if you're gay, straight, black, white, you know, I think he even says like, you could be an alien as long as you're good. I know I hate when I hate when people do that. Um, 
why can't we just be human beings? Like, why can't you recognize that it's like, it's, you're only getting human beings today, okay? Um, there isn't going to be some kind of pit bull that can, that can rap coming through here. Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. All, it's going to be human beings, so stop that weird hyperbole bullshit. Um, so he makes this whole speech basically saying that he would be fine if someone queer came up there and was good. And then the first contestant comes out and he's, uh, he's wearing a shirt that is a, like it's a fishnet shirt. And immediately, before he even comments on this person's ability to rap, he comments on the fact that he can see his nipples and that he never signed up to see his nipples. And it's like, you have proof on a recording that you said it would be fine for you to come out there and be queer. Mm -hmm. I think that fat, first of all, I don't know why we're looking to Fat Joe for, um, I mean, I shouldn't even get into that. Why are we looking to Fat Joe or Cardi B for uh, advice on on how to be a hip-hop artist? Cardi B has several times said that she's in it for the money. So that's all I mean by that. I'm still a Cardi B fan, but she said more than once that she's only in it for the money. So for her, it's not really about being an artist. And I feel like Fat Joe has not really taken us to a place where we're like, oh, your artistry, especially representing a city like New York City get out of here you know like we have Nas and Jay-Z that are from here and you could have very easily asked one of them at least one of them you know um so I know I know that Jay-Z is probably very busy but I'm sure Nas probably could have made it um but uh aside from that I don't understand why um why you wouldn't think before you spoke in terms of saying oh i'm fine with you being queer and coming out here and just being amazing when you weren't prepared to do that you totally were not prepared to do that so what what's going on figure your shit out and then decide if you want to participate in something Mm -hmm. and then on top of that someone who think i who i think is extremely talented who is the rapper cakes the killer who just happens to be from teaneck we're from the same town um Huh? Bias. It's not bias. He's very talented. He has an amazing song with Peaches on um on his album Hedonism that uh that is amazing. Make sure you support him because he deserves like he was the only rapper that I'd heard of uh on this show and I was a little surprised by that. Um but um and also surprised he was competing because, you know, he's a huge talent. So um when Cakes came out to audition, Cardi immediately asked him if he was gay. And I was like, what happened to that speech that happened earlier where we're like, okay, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is. You're coming here to perform. You're coming here to perform. It doesn't fucking matter. You know? Um, I also feel like uh I wanna say it was fat it was maybe Fat Joe who said who told someone, I think you're good, but I think you're good for a girl. So it was like there was so many layers Whoa. of garbage that oh. was just raining down on these people oh. who, you know, uh, in all honesty, like they're they're all talented. They're all talented in their own ways. Um, it's just it's more like some of them, the nerves got the best of them and they forgot their lyrics or, you know, like if it had been something where they prepared something and played something for them, it would be completely different. Uh, but I guess they're focusing more on the uh on the performance element of it all so um i have been watching the rest of it i have one episode left i know that the finale was posted on netflix this past week um i have one episode left because i've been watching it uh on my cardio days at the gym because it keeps me from getting off the machine and being like fuck this and like running out of the gym um so yeah um i'm excited to see who wins basically but um yeah um so if you're watching um 
Rhythm and Flow. I keep wanting to call it Hustle and Flow. Uh, if you're watching Rhythm and Flow, let me know who you're rooting for. Um, so, uh, so we can talk about it. I want to know if anybody else is watching. So that brings us to Keto Corner. What's in the Keto Corner this week? So this week we have Keto Connects Cinnamon Burn Recipe, which Robert made this weekend, and they were phenomenal. How was that? Um, it was great. I left out the baking soda, which was sort of stupid on my end. Uh, and um, But they, they still came out really good. I'm curious to see, because uh, it looked like, so uh, Keto Connect posted a video of them making it. And when Mega made them, they sort of spread uh, almost like a cake would. And so I feel like they would taste a little bit better if we got that like little spread and the nice like toastiness of it. And, we, and I also waited until the cinnamon buns had completely cooled to put the um, to put the icing on top. So it's sort of like a cake icing because it's a cream cheese base. Uh, and so it's uh, it's basically like solidified at this point. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. We're Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com and maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. Until next time. Bye. bye.